words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Growing up, I remember one of the first claymation TV shows that I knew of. It was of a young boy and his dog. And it was called Davy and Goliath. And maybe some of you remember that show. Every Sunday before we headed off to church, I can remember turning on the TV and watching reruns of this 1960s show as Davy and his talking dog would learn some new aspect about God in their daily experiences. And through their story and their experiences, Davy would grow in his faith. Now, why do I bring this up today? Well, earlier in the week, and all through the week, I was being drawn to the story of David and Goliath. Not the characters on the TV show, but of the scriptural story of David and Goliath. And I don't know why that happened. I haven't been reading that portion of the scriptures. I've been spending most of my personal study in the book of Genesis and the story of Abraham that we've been studying in Sunday school. So I have no clue why David and Goliath kept popping into my mind. But it did. Every single day. It's a story from 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I changed our appointed lesson this morning for the Old Testament from Deuteronomy and had Jacob read a portion of this for us instead. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, I want you to open them up to that chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if not, the verse that I'm going to reference is in the lesson that is printed in your bulletin. And I'm not going to read the whole story for you. But there will be one particular verse that I want you to look at and to read with your own eyes in the word. And I'll tell you what that is in a minute. Most of us know the story of David and Goliath. If you ever went to Sunday school as a child, then you were probably taught this story. Many stories have been based on the theme of this story. Sports announcers have used it many a time as as an analogy. For underdogs taking on a more prominent team, they say it's like a Davy versus Goliath matchup today. The scriptures tell us that the nation of Israel is in battle against the Philistines. In today's modern times, you may have heard about the the Gaza Strip near Israel. It's where a lot of the the battles and the bombings and the fightings happen between the Palestinians and, and the Israelis. It's an area that sits along the Mediterranean Sea. And it's next to, at least in part, the nation of Israel. Well, it was this same general area that was known in biblical times as Philistia. And the inhabitants were known as the Philistines. And just like today, there was constant fighting between the Israelites and the Philistines. And the story of David and Goliath is a part of this whole time in history. Before David became king of Israel, he was a shepherd. He was also a musical kind of guy. And through the circumstances leading up to this story, he was actually the music player for King Saul. Many of our psalms that we have in scripture were written by David. And all this is to say that David wasn't the normal kind of guy that you might expect out of a warrior. 
He wasn't like King Saul, who was chosen by the people to be king because he was tall and he was very valiant looking. David was a smaller guy. Tough? Absolutely. I mean, as a shepherd, he killed a lion and he killed a bear. But visually, he would have looked more like a a peacemaker than an army-fighting kind of guy. Well, the armies under Saul had gone out into battle against the Philistines. And there was this one particular Philistine known as Goliath. And we know him as the giant. But it's not like he was a giant from Jack and the Beanstalk or something. Depending on the particular manuscripts of scripture that you read, Goliath was somewhere between six and a half feet tall and nine and a half feet tall. Compared to someone like David and like many of the other Israelites who were probably less than six feet tall, this Goliath must have seemed like a giant, sort of like a a Shaq O'Neal standing next to a Kevin Hart, if you know who they are. And Goliath was great in battle and clad with great armor. He was so fearsome and so fearful that no one wanted to step out and to fight him. And for 40 days, the scriptures tell us that Goliath stood and he berated the Israelites. Each day he would stand and and he would call out to them, send one person over to face me, to fight me. And if you win, then we will come and serve you. But if I win, then all of you will come and serve us. And no one would take him up on this offer. Not even Saul, the king of the Israelites, who we're told in scripture was a head taller than everyone else. Not even he would go out and fight Goliath. The nation was terrified of Goliath. The armies lived in fear at what would happen. But we know what happened. David goes out with nothing but a slingshot and some rocks, and he slays the giant. That's the story. And here's why I think the Holy Spirit spoke this story in my heart and my mind every day this week. Look at verse 47 with me. And these are part of the words that David says to Goliath when Goliath is mocking David. For coming out. Verse 47 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the, Lord, the battle is the Lord's and he will give it into our hands. And as I went back and read the passage, knowing that this story was on my heart, I came across that verse and I instantly knew that was it. That's what the Spirit was speaking this week. That's what the Spirit was putting on my heart. The battle is the Lord's. And David's response about not saving with sword and spear was in essence saying that it's not by the the might of our own hands. It's not by the the might of our own doing. It's not by the, the wisdom of our own choosing that victory comes. Rather, it is solely by the work of the Lord. Because ultimately, whose battle is it? The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's precisely because he is our Lord and we belong to him. Just as we might say the battle is ours as a parent when it comes to the fight or the situation of our own children. Beloved, the battle is the Lord's. 
And that's what we need to hear today. Whatever the situation, whatever your figurative Goliath or giant is, that stands mocking and calling out at you, berating you and insulting you on your own spiritual battlefield, calling out to you and making you feel unworthy or making you feel incapable or making you feel defeated, whether it's your health or whether it's your work situation, whether it's your family problems, whether it's uncertainty, whether it's your financial situation, whether it's letting go of something, whether it's problems in your marriage, whether it's old age, no matter what it is. Hear the words of David. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is whose? The Lord's. Last week we looked at the woman who came to Jesus And I mentioned the need to be in prayer and in turning to God. And we we sang, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And today we hear sort of a, a response to that. And I think that if Colonel Andrew was still able to be with us, we certainly know what he would say. He'd say, take it to the Lord in prayer and leave it there. Don't take it back again. Don't put that that burden back onto your shoulders. Why? Because it's. His battle. And God is greater than you are, than I am. God is the one who can work wonders. God is the one who can create everything out of nothing. God is the one who can defeat multitudes with just the trump of his voice. God is the one who can create and destroy. God is the one who who can take a short, unarmored, comely looking shepherd boy. And through his giant heart of faith and the use of a small rock and a sling and use him to take down a nine foot tall giant clad in heavy armor and by that save his entire nation. The battle is the Lord's. And what we need to take away is that we don't need to know how God is going to win the battle. We only need to act with the utmost assurance that God will win the battle. You see, we often want to say that that we need God to tell us how he's going to do it. We need him to give us some sort of direction like, hey, Jason, turn to the right. Okay, now go to the left. Duck. You know, avoid that situation. But that's not what God does. And that's not what we're to expect from God before we act. We simply need to know, go with full assurance that it is his battle and that he will win. In about 30 minutes, we'll be singing in our last hymn today, Go Forward, Christian Soldiers. And I know we'll sing the words, but permit me just to close our time by reading them to you. Go forward, Christian soldier, beneath his banner true. The Lord himself, thy leader, shall all thy foes subdue. His love foretells thy trials. He knows thine hourly need. He can with bread of heaven thy fainting spirit feed. Go forward, Christian soldier, fear not the secret foe. Far more o'er thee are watching than human eyes can know. Trust only in Christ thy captain. Cease not to watch and pray. Heed not the treacherous voices that lure thy soul astray. Go forward, Christian soldier, nor dream of peaceful rest till Satan's host is vanquished and heaven is all possessed. Till Christ himself shall call thee to lay thine armor by 
and wear in endless glory the crown of victory. Go forward, Christian soldier. Fear not the gathering night. The Lord has been thy shelter. The Lord will be thy light. When morn his face revealeth, thy dangers all are past. O pray that faith and virtue may keep thee till the last. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.